Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fighting Words podcast. Podcast for just two dads talking about MMA news, UFC, everything else in between. I am joined by my awesome co-host Tyrell Payton. What's going on, my man? Nothing much, man. How's it going? Dude, well, I mean, Uncle Dana just decided to bless our evening as we're recording this podcast and drop the heater. So I'm doing great. Just dropping some new fight announcements. I mean, I think you and I are both stoked about it. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time, man. Big so, time. breaking, breaking, breaking news from Uncle Dana. Two new fights announced for UFC 300. As if Jim Miller's career couldn't be any more incredible, he's announced that he's fighting at UFC 300, signed on the dotted line with none other than the notorious Bobby Green, which I think is a great fight. I'm excited. We'll unpack it in a second. But the other fight that was announced, which I think we are just thriving, Tyrell. I feel like you need to get your uh, your Sweaty. spyglass into the future. You can obviously predict it. Yeah, I know. I'm nervous too. Um, but <laughs> for the BMF title, none other than Justin Gaethje and Max Holloway. What a fight! Ooh. Max blessed Holloway. Don't forget Max blessed Holloway. All right, all right. He the is best is blessed. blessed. Yeah, so I mean, it is what it is, as he says. Um, <clears throat> no, man, this is I'm beyond jazzed to hear both of these fights being announced. Obviously, it's in the best division in the UFC lightweight. I mean, come on now, will we get any of the best news? But it's just adding to an even more stacked card. But let me pump the brakes real quick. Let me give. I want to talk about Bobby Green and Jim Miller first, and then we'll get really into the Max Holloway and Justin Gaethje. So Bobby Green, Jim Miller. Jim Miller is a quick turnaround time. Obviously, he fought just this weekend. <clears throat> Got a nice submission win. Looked great. Had a great call-out of Brock Lesnar. Had a great call-out of some of the other guys <laughs> in the division. And then, hey, they rebooked Bobby Green and Jim Miller for the third time. So let's get it on the cards, man. I'm excited. How do you feel about this fight, man? This is great, I'm great fight. Yeah. Great fight. I, 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 obviously, Jim Miller is like a career. He's like a, a seasoned UFC vet. So him and yeah. Bobby Green are the kind of guys I like to see. Um, mm-hmm. Still getting these fun fights. Um, and I know uh, Matt Brown had said he would be down to fight Jim Miller, and that one obviously didn't get booked. But I, I think I like the Bobby Green matchup more. I, I love watching Bobby Green's fights, and I think it'll be fun, man. Bobby's coming off a loss, um, <clears throat> so I think this is a good matchup for both of them. Um, yeah, I, I don't mean, think it paid well. Hope they both get paid well. Yeah, they. I I'd imagine they both do. I mean, I I if I'm being honest with you, to get this many stars on a card, you better be paying all of them pretty well. And I think if I had to venture a guess, I'm sure this lawsuit is putting a lot of heat on Dana White to start paying his fighters a little bit more. So I would guess that he's been forking over a bit more cash lately. Um, but yeah, no, they better be. They better be paid well. I mean, I, I with how the star set of this card's shaking out, like I know for a fact, obviously, that Bobby Green and Jim Miller are going to be on the prelims. But well, that's crazy to me that that fight is like a no-brainer prelims fight for this card. But, I mean, we talked through the list of other fights that are actually happening that weekend. I mean, brother, um, it, it, it can only be in the prelims it can't like it just can't move any higher i mean even with the fights that are already currently announced so it's, it's going to be um, on the early prelims like the early yeah. Prelims. yeah so i i'm i'm happy that that is how deep this card is um 
I hope that it can stay together. I hope the MMA gods are smiling down on 2024, that there are no major injuries that completely derail the card. But um, with that being said, I'm very excited for the BMF title fight with Max Holloway and Justin Gaethje, five-rounder, which I didn't catch the first time, but as we were talking right before the pod, five-rounder. How many five-rounders are we going to have in this freaking card? But apparently, it's it's there's going to be quite a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long night way. of fights. But I would have it no other way. Like, this is just golden. Like, this is perfect matchmaking. And you predicted it, Tyro. Like, you, yeah. were, you were the guy. I mean, we have listeners go back, go back and listen to, to, to the podcast. You can go it, find it. Go see where you predicted yeah, it. Dana White hired me, you know, go ahead and hire yeah. me for, fight, for fights. I got you. I can schedule stuff for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, is, this is going to be a banger, man. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so fun. And I think the craziest part about this Gaethje versus uh, Max fight is we don't know where it's going to fall on the card. Like, what fight is going to be? Is it going to be right. uh, the co-main event? Is it going to like, – we don't know. Like, and that's crazy to me. That's how stacked this card is starting to fill in to be. Um, I – when you just mentioned it being a five rounder again, it did just make me kind of sad that Charles and Armin's not five rounds. Mm-hmm. And I hope that gets changed before then, unless they just wanted to do a three round fight. But I think the stakes are so high, they may have to be a five round fight too, man. But then again, well, I guess it's not for a belt. I guess it's not for a belt like the BMF. So I guess that's maybe what their reason why it's five is. I guess that makes sense. So who gets the next title shot then? Because all the top contenders are in fights now. Like who gets the next shot? That was a great move by Dana White in the brass at uh, the UFC to do that, to book both of these, well, all four of these fighters on the same card. Like like mm-hmm. before we got on air, it, you know, Max Holloway just kind of just, just wiggled his way into a, a, a great situation for himself. He's been kind of, you know, um, kind of put on the shelf in his uh, natural division in featherweight because he can't. he's lost the Volk three times. And, well, I think now if he goes into this Gaethje fight and wins and gets a BMF belt, you have to put him in the title contention at 55 because uh, Justin Gaethje was next in line behind Armin and Charles. So I like it for him. Like we talked about before we got on, I think whoever wins the most emphatically is probably going to get the call, get the shot. So this makes both these fights a lot more interesting. It makes the fighters a lot more aggressive. And we know fireworks comes from that, from both fighters. Yeah. But if I'm being biased, uh, I kind of want Charles to get the next shot. I think he still deserves it over all of them. Mm-hmm. Um but the, but behind that, you know, I got to go with my man Max. Bless Holloway to be next after that. <laughs> yeah, you know I got to go with Max Holloway. Man. I know you die. do. Yeah, I mean, you got to ride or die. And and here's For, the first thing. round knockout, by the way. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, so I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was I wanted to ask you too. How is this different than the Dustin fight? Because we clearly saw Max got out outpowered in that fight. That was how's it? That was years different? ago. Okay, but how is it how's it different? That's what I'm curious. I'm curious if you how do you think it's different than how do you think the outcome is going to be different than the Justin fight? I think I think Max how yeah, I know what you meant. Um I think years ago when that happened, what was that, 2018, 20 it was a while ago. Ah, It it was was a while ago. Um my thought is that Max Holloway would be a lot more smarter. I I don't think Mm -hmm. that he'll I don't think he'll be as wild with his punches. He'll be a little bit more precise, which I think is good because Gaethje's been a lot more measured with his striking as well recently in his fights. But we all know Justin Gaethje, and he's not called the highlight for no reason. So I can see him getting a lot more aggressive. I think that plays into Max Holloway's hands um, mm-hmm. if he gets a little bit more aggressive with Max. I think naturally you're going to think that Justin Gaethje's more stronger than Max Holloway. 
I'm not 100% sold on him being exponentially stronger than Max like a Dustin Poirier. We all know Dustin Poirier is a weight bully. We love mm-hmm. him, but he should be fighting at 170. Fighting at 155, he's gigantic. Um, and we know Justin Gaethje is a natural 55er because he does walk around closer to that range, you know, maybe 165, mm-hmm. maybe barely 170. Um, so I think the weight discrepancy is not going to play into this fight as much as it did in the Dustin Poirier fight. Um, and I, th- I don't know, man. I think Max has just gotten better over the last several years, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he took that fight on short notice, too, didn't he? Against Dustin Poirier, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right, because I think it was supposed you know, to be an actual title fight. I don't think it yep. was supposed to be interim. And they stepped in because he's cause he's, a, he's a dog, so he stepped in, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, short notice, took that fight. So he probably was out of shape 155 on top of that. And he got pieced up, you know, and the weight difference definitely showed there, right? Mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier probably cut 25 pounds in a week to get down, and he gained mm-hmm. balloon back of 15, 20 for that fight. So I think that it was a little off. I think that a a trained I, – I, and I guarantee this fight's been in talks for at least a month or two already. They were trying to get the numbers figured out. And I bet you he's already mm-hmm. been training and getting ready for the 155 fight. I think it'll be a lot closer, man. I know I said he'll finish him in the first round just being funny. Um, I think it'll be a great fight, and I think that – there's a good chance either one of these guys could get their hand raised in a five-round fight. Um, we got to see how Max Holloway does with those leg kicks, but I feel like when he's been kicked in the past, he just kind of walks through them. Um, mm-hmm. But Justin Gaethje is a different animal with leg kicks. <laughs> what do you think? Well, so here's my two things that come to mind. First thing is, this is a definite prediction here. This is the speculation, I should say. I think we saw the retirement fight happen for um, – for the Korean zombie happened that night, but we also saw, we didn't know it at the time. We saw Max Holloway retire from featherweight. What I mean by that is to say, I think he always had his sights set on light lightweight and he wanted to fight there, but he realized I need a little bit more time and I can fight a guy, a legend. It's going to get a lot of payout. Hey, I just knocked this guy out. One of the guys that is known to not really be knocked out. Like he's the Korean zombie. He is the guy who yeah. can literally walk through everything. And then he realized, oh yeah, I, I can no longer continue to cut to 145. I'm going to start 155. Hey, Justin, why don't we fight? And I think he's, since that August card, he's been putting on mass, preparing yep. for his lightweight transition. Because I don't think Max is an idiot. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's a fighter, so they always have a little bit of brain cells loose, but Max is no dummy. <laughs> he's he's legitimately like a businessman. He knows what to do to take care of himself. And I think this was all calculated to say, I'm going up to lightweight because, one, Volk is a great champion, but we fought three times. I haven't beaten him three times. I still have opportunity here in my career. I'm still young. I'm still in the prime. Let's go try to make a run at lightweight. And what better a guy than to help you leapfrog into a division than fighting one of the best and the baddest in Justin Gaethje, who is very complimentary to your style. Punches and volume, lest we forget, guess who's another volume puncher? Dustin Poirier. Yes, Dustin is a power puncher too, but he relies on volume just as much as he relies on his power in combinations to overwhelm people. Guess who's great at combinations? Max Holloway. This could have not lined up any better for Max, in my opinion. Yes, did we have the story coming out that he was out power punched in the uh, fight against Dustin? Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that if Max is smart, he's learned from that fight, and I think he has. The only thing that concerns me right now as it stands between him and Justin is, yes, the leg kicks. 
more importantly, it's the speed. Justin is very fast, and we can't, you know, can't count that out. We saw Max get pieced up on the speed of Volk, but I do think that Volk is probably at another level than Justin Gaethje. However, it's still something to keep in mind, keep aware. I do have Max initially going into this fight just because I think he is the more complete package, and he's got. I don't think he's going to get put to sleep by Justin. If he does, Justin is just going to have literally all these crazy KOs on his record, and right. <clears throat> I, I I think that. And I said this to you before the pod. Whoever emphatically wins between these four fighters, Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, uh, Charles, Oliveira, Charles, Charles Oliveira, sorry, I cannot say his name, apparently, or um, Armin, will be the next in line. And like you said, smart, smart decision by Dana to put all four of them on a card. Because really, it's daring the four of these guys to say, who's going to show up? Who's going to be the next guy to contend for the title? Who's going to be the one? And I think we're going to see a lot of chaos in these fights. And it just it makes me so excited. Because just when you thought that this card couldn't get any better, it does. Um, and, you know, Dana's kind of sticking true to his guns, too. These aren't gimmick fights, man. Like, I know that, like, oh. yes, we've had gimmicky fights in the past where Dana said, no, gimmick fights, and then he's done one. But this has been one of those where cards, announcement after announcement, it's like, this was perfect matchmaking. Like, we are in, the, I think, in my opinion, the year of meritocracy in terms of people deserving certain fights. And I hope that the results continue to show themselves. You know, I think we're moving past maybe, you know, hey, this guy is just going to skip past all the lines and do all this stuff for all the money fights. I really think we're getting the best guys fighting the best guys in the best fights. And I think this is another result of that. Yes, is Max jumping up because of name value? Sure. But also, I think that there's just a degree of, no, let's acknowledge that this is one of the best fights we could have ever done by putting on paper. It's not because Max hasn't earned it. It's actually because he has so much name value behind it. So if, 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 I, if I had to choose today, like I mentioned, I'd pick Max. You know, I'm not the biggest Max fan, but really the only reason I'm not the biggest Max fan is because he's in the same division as one of my favorite fighters of all time. So <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to roll with him. As I know, it's hard for you to roll with Volk because it's the exact opposite viewpoint that you have. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I am, I am, I am beyond gassed up for this fight. I, I, I can't wait to like. Why does it have to wait? Why do we have to wait so long to to see this fight? I mean, come on, like UFC 300 literally is is what in april we're talking mid-january it's what two months away <sighs> we're never gonna get it we're, it's just never gonna get here quick enough but i guess anticipation <laughs> is a good thing so but, but you, you, say, you say that but we have like three good cards in a row coming oh up my right gosh now. i know <laughs> i know it's insane i mean we like i said we're we're blessed by the mma gods this year for the fighters fighting the people that we want them to fight which I think, to be honest, this is like, this is not what I expected. But here we are. And and it's, it's very exciting for the UFC. So I'll, I just want to rattle off the names real quick for the podcast listeners that are, you know, paying close attention to UFC 300. So right now for the announced fights, we have at the bottom, um, just from like, I guess, least name value uh, to highest, we have Bo Nickel. Who has stated on the Joe Rogan podcast that he's going to be fighting um, as the first fight on the prelims against Cody Brundage? Uh, so that's cool. That's I mean that's a decent fight in and of itself. Bo Nichols obviously a big name, 
But then you have the Bobby Green, Jim Miller fight. Then after that, I mean, like, just continued bangers. We have uh, Figueredo and Cody Garbrandt, Charles Armin, Calvin Cater, Aljo Sterling, which is just insane that that's on this card. Uh, oh, Yuri Prohaska and Rakic. And then we have Zhang Wei Li and uh, Yan Zhao Nan, both just announced this week that they're fighting each other. So, really, it's just truly been like, like you just take that in and of itself. You take any main, of, you take any of these people and their main event fighters. Like, it's not even close. Whether it's a fight night or, you know, some of them can sell their own pay per views. But I just what a, what a card the UFC 300 is is shaping out to be. The real question though is, who's the big fighter going to be that's still yet to be announced for the true main event of this card? Because remember, Dana said that there was going to be a mega fight. Who's it going to be? I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, but it's you uh, do. It's up in the air. You think you do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I do. Uh, I think that um, God willing, after this card happens this weekend, the winner of. Strickland and DDP, I think they're going to fight Israel Adesanya um, in April. Um, Israel Adesanya is planning to be at this fight um, ringside. And I heard that there's potential that they may have him even come in the cage. Obviously, we're hoping that he's not as drunk as he was last time with DDP. Uh, because that was an interesting clip. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that was crazy. Um, what I'm leaning toward is that's happening. That's the fight they're going to try to book. God willing, obviously, no one gets injured after this fight. No one gets a really bad mm-hmm. TKO. Even though for us, I kind of want the bad TKO, honestly. It'd be fun that way. Um, but um, that's my first guess. And then my second guess is that we're going to get Alex uh, Pajeda versus somebody. I don't know if that's Jamal Hill, if that's Izzy. Um, but that's my two guesses. Do you have any guesses for who you think it may be, man? Yeah, you know, as we as we kind of you know preface this before the pod, I was like, man, like who else could it be? I I, I had mentioned you know Alex Pereira and, and and Tom Aspinall through all the hinting and through all the kind of the you know Tom's not really got a fight lined up and because there's just literally nobody else in the heavyweight division right now, so I was like maybe that um, does that sell mega fight to me? Nah, maybe not. Obviously, Izzy and Pereira at light heavyweight. Yes, I mean, Izzy's looking big. He's looking beefy. Um, but like you mentioned, if Izzy's going to be ringside, of course he's going to, you know, like there's a potential that he's just going to fight at middleweight again. And if I look at the timing for this fight for this weekend, it's like, okay, well, I could definitely see, um, you know, the winner of this fight fighting Izzy because, you know, it, the timing is just perfect. Like, you know, whoever wins, as as long as they don't have too much of a scratch on them, there's a chance that they could be fighting again in the next few months. So, um, I know Sean's kind of uh, Sean's kind of, for as active as we think he is. Like, there he goes in sprints. Like, he, I think he had to be forced to fight in this UFC 297. Not like force, force, but they were like, "Yeah, we're making you fight on the Canada card," kind of thing. So I found that interesting. And DDP is. I, he's very active, but I wouldn't call him like, you know, he fights, you know, anyone, anywhere, any time. Um, I definitely think that, you know, given the opportunity, he's going to want to, you know, get inside the octagon if he does win against Sean, um, against Izzy, because I think they have some things to say to one another uh, with their fists. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I'm still curious as to what else they're going to put on this card obviously they have to fill in the gaps with maybe not like all of the top tier fights 
like ever, but obviously fill in the gaps with the prelims and the early prelims. But I don't know, man. I am actually still anticipating we have two or three more fights that are going to either be title fights or like announcements. Because Leon, you know, hasn't been announced. I don't think he's a pay-per-view seller. I don't think Leon is the one that's going to be driving up the most uh, engagement in terms of, hey, we're going UFC 300. We're going to watch Leon Edwards fight Bilal Muhammad. I'm sorry. That just doesn't move the needle. But I could see them as the co-main event, definitely, with sharing like, you know, sharing the spotlight with, you know, the title fight between Jan and uh, Whaley, which would be cool. Um, but, man, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I don't see who else could be, like, up there. Unless we're talking, like, bringing somebody else from another promotion, like, which there's always that consideration. If Francis which, somehow finds his way back, that would be insane. What were you going to say? Oh, my. I was going to say, well, you know, I know we're not probably going to discuss this tonight, but... I just saw like the Bellator PFL card got announced and like all their champions are fighting the other champions. So none of those yeah. guys are going to be pulled over anytime soon for this card. So when you said Francis, no. that kind of, I thought about that. Maybe that's a good chance that Francis could, but I doubt it with his fight books for his boxing match. Um, no, um, it would this is not be insane. It would be. Uh, this <clears throat> is not UFC 300 related per se, but I have seen my man Kamaru has been in the gym a lot again, and uh, yeah. I'll be surprised if he has a fight get get announced soon. I don't know about three hundred in April, um, but I definitely think he's going to be fighting soon. Uh, I also had that theory. I and I actually yeah, do think he's going to be fighting in three hundred, but I don't know who he's going to fight because Bobby unless Knuckles. it's Kamshot. But isn't Bobby Knuckles booked against Paulo Costa, or did that fight get did that fall through? That, I don't, did they get officially booked? I thought that it was officially booked. Um, it may have been. Let me see. Check. I want to make sure. Yeah. But I thought that that was official. If it's not, then yeah, definitely it's not going to be him and, uh, him and Bobby Knuckles because I personally don't think, think that that fight is ever going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, 298. It's, it's announced as a co-main. Ooh, okay. So never mind. Yeah. That's not going to happen then. Well, yeah. I mean, I would like to see him fight Kamzat again, too. I, I don't know if Kamzat's going to fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like he wants to avoid that fight. He was talking as if he's next for the title fight. He was promised that. I'm like, buddy, you sound like a person who doesn't want to work. You sound like a person who, who wants to get the belt and then not fight. Because you well, barely fight enough now. <laughs> in the defense of Kamzat, I know that he's been recovering from whatever illness he contracted um, back in what was it December? So I don't know. Comes out. I think for at this, for all intents and purposes, don't expect him to fight till the end of the year next year for the belt. But I know that DDP had some words about him and said, you think this guy's just going to come in here and get the belt? He's like, no, he's like, I would fight him. If I'm the champ, I'm not fighting him next. And I was like, yeah. respect. Like you shouldn't. Yep. Who's he so, beat in middleweight? Who's, who's he beating middleweight? No one. 10? Nobody. No, it's crazy. No one. And, and, and uh, even if you want to say that, well, Kamara would be top 10. Yeah, sure. But he moved up on short notice for that fight. And he hasn't officially announced he's fighting at middleweight. So, and, you barely be, and you barely beat him. You just outpointed mm-hmm. him. You didn't dominate him. So, like, what's that tell you about fighting? Like, imagine if you fought a guy, you know, I don't like him, but a guy like Marvin Vittori. Like, Vittori. Like, right. that's a big, strong guy. Like, how does he it fare is. against that guy? Jared Kennedy. Or, like, you start thinking about these top guys. Like, how would he compete against them? Because yep. if they still have his takedowns, he can't. I don't know if he can outstrike them. So he needs to get up there and, and go through the fire he's, a little bit more before he gets a belt thrown at him. Right, and he's ranked number nine. I mean, he's got like guys like Roma Delize, Brendan Allen, 
Uh, Costa's ahead of him. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier, Bobby Whitaker, uh, DDP. Is he? He's got all of those guys that he's just going to leapfrog. No, I don't. I just don't see that anymore. Especially with how he's been downshifted in the rankings. Like, I think the UFC is also recognized. Like, maybe we need to give him a couple more fights he, before the belt. He's or not, maybe he's at least not our one guy. more. I think they realize yeah. that he's not their guy. He's not their guy. He's not reliable enough. It's yes. Uh, it's the it's him not being reliable. He was very reliable with all the fights he took during COVID. Pretty short notice. Yeah, yeah, and put him on the map, which is great. Like, yeah, great, awesome. Like he's he fighting cans though. Let's be honest. Well, no, there was one fight in his record. I forget who he is, but he's in the UFC now. And shame on me for forgetting. But. Um, Back in his old fight days, I mean, yes, he fought some guys that were not that great. Let's be no, honest. yeah, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the fights in the short, the short, Re- yeah, the Reese McKee, yeah, no, not Reece Shark when they they were all like short notice, and like those guys are not mm-hmm. really good, yeah, like. Well, and uh, I think that that it was clear that Shemaev was ahead of those guys, like for especially sure, Gerald Mearshart, but um, like. He it was he was still kind of coming up through the rankings, and we really didn't know enough about this guy. But now that we kind of do, I think we understand that he is really talented. But I don't know if he's the best to ever do it. Like, yeah. oh yes, so Ikram Alaskarov, he's yeah, pretty. I, I know who you meant. Yeah, yeah he's good. Yeah. He's really good. He's actually scary. Yeah, I would like to see him fight him again. Actually, yeah, he'll um, avoid but him. I don't. He'll, he'll avoid him. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah. And, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know who else they're gonna. I don't know who else they're gonna. Really, I, I don't know. I'm really confused as to who the next co-main event's gonna or not co-main main event's gonna be because, you know, as Uncle Dana prefaced, I wonder when we'll get that announcement too. I'm sure it'll be on a Tuesday. I'm sure it'll be. He's keeping up it this Tuesday stream. Yeah, it has to be so. Soon. Regardless, I'm excited. Like it's gonna be. It's gonna be really fun to. Uh, what. It may be Tom Shit. Aspinall, man. What if it's Thomas yeah. Stipe? What if it's Thomas Stipe? If it is, that's awesome. I listen. I'll I, I'll say this about Tom. He came out swinging against John Jones, and it takes some takes some some cojones to do that um, online. And yes, it was online, so keyboard warrior or whatever. But I will say this: I don't think John Jones wants to fight Tom. I think John Jones I made don't. it very clear in his responses and kind of how childish he was uh, in some of his responses that he it's clear he wants to get in and get out. And I don't think Tom handled that perfectly, uh, just that situation. I think he could have been a lot more aggressive um, with his call because he did back off from John after a while. Um, he did. And it almost sounded – he almost sounded kind of like schoolboy, like – why don't you want to fight me? But um, <laughs> he, I think he should just game it. It's clear you're scared of me, and it's clear that no matter what you say, it's still a, like the overarching theory is you don't want to build your legacy because, yes, you beat the legends of the UFC, but when it came to the new guys, it was still controversial. And now that I'm here, there ain't mm-hmm. no way you're going to set foot, foot in a cage with me because I will take you out. Like... That's a, that's the a way you challenge John Jones' ego. You well, don't that's just a, that, that's exactly how you do it. Yep. Yep. Because you doubt you make you make his legacy become doubtful, as opposed to taint like it. taint his legacy. Yeah, exactly. Make make him and don't don't go after the stuff everybody else has gone after. Go after 
what bugs him, what keeps John Jones up at night, which is the fact that he should have lost that belt to Dominic Reyes, which is insane, but he should have. Yep. And it was even questionable about Tiago Santos. Tiago, Tiago like, Santos. Oh, it was. Like, yes, it was. Like, don't disregard those fighters because I think you got to respect where respect is due in the time that it was. But John Jones, my man, like, it's clear that you don't have enough. You don't have the mileage anymore. So give up the belt, which I do think if Tom Aspinall does get booked for this UFC 300 card, there is no question in my mind, Tyrell. There's no question that they will strip John Jones. And, I hope and so. after that, they will force his hand. They'll force his hand to either fight Tom Tom Aspinall or retire. And I don't think we see him fight Tom. I think we see him retire after this. I think there's a lot of bitterness. I think there's a lot of uh, frustration with the UFC. John Jones is getting older, man. Like, age comes for everybody. Like, what? He's, what, 36, 37 at this point, I think? Yeah. He might be older than that. I don't yeah, know. He's up there. 37? Yeah. 36? 36. Yeah. No, yeah, 36. He's just so freaking young for being in the sport as long as he has been. But um, Also, we may, yeah. we may get Tom versus Surreal gone. I don't know if Gon's booked. I don't think he is. I think he... I want to say he was. I, at least from what I thought. Almeida's, at least... Almeida's fighting um, Curtis Blades. Yeah. And then... I thought that... I don't know who else. Who would he be fighting? Yeah, I don't know. I I'm intrigued, though. Yeah. I don't like it, though, if it's for interim belt again, which I feel like they're going to make it again. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, they, that's, that's all they can do. But... How to, like, here's the thing: if they want to follow their own like path of we strip champs that no longer can do it, and I think Yuri and Jamal Hill kind of setting that precedent that hey, we're going to vacate our belts made things a lot easier on those divisions. And I think the yeah. UFC has realized it's better for us to strip as opposed to just keep um, these guys up at the top for for no reason that shouldn't be there. So yeah. I'll, I'll be interested. I really hope Tom Aspinall. I get chills every time I think about that knockout against uh, good old Sergey Pavlovich because that was one of the most fantastic combinations I've ever seen and how fast it was. And, ugh, chills. But um, regardless, UFC 300, certified banger, hasn't even happened yet. Fights aren't fully announced yet. And yet here we are, super stoked about it. So I, I just... I'm just so happy with how this year is going already. Um, but speaking of how this year is going, we just had our first fight card of the year. And let me tell you, I uh, I always kind of give give them kind of like a like in my mind, okay, my interest level like zero to ten, like, hey, how intrigued am I before the fights happen? And then I kind of do, you know, retrospective, like, did this really was this as good as what I thought it was going to be? I definitely thought this card was going to deliver more. I was thinking more on like a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10. And don't be wrong, some of the early fights were really good. But this just, I could have probably slept through all of them and been for the picking 10. <laughs> I hate to hate on the fighters and sound disrespectful, but it just, it was more like a 4 out of 10 for me in retrospect. Which is sad, but true. I don't know. Just not. And call me a casual in the comments if you want, but I just don't care. Like it just none of these fights really excited me. I mean, it was cool to have Jim Miller, you know, have his comeuppance and you know win another fight. Obviously, he's booked for three hundred, but I mean, 
Thurky Simon and um, what Mario, was it Mario Bautista was a good fight. I I was shocked that Ricky did not win, but it was still a really fun fight. But and then you have the main event with Uncle Iev and Johnny Walker. I don't know. I mean, it certifies that Johnny Walker is never going to be a title contender for me. But then to Uncle Iev, like yes, he knocked him out in the second round. But also, like, there were some big time flaws in his stand up. Um, oh yeah, I, I I I just want to dive deep in here for a second. I want to stand the on Clive on Johnny Walker fight because I think it's important. Um, Johnny Walker, I think, is uh, took advantage of some of the great wins he had. You know, that three fight win streak he had, great. If you look back on it, it's like, eh, maybe these wins weren't as like as pretty as we thought they were. It was Paul Craig. It was Anthony Smith. And I'm forgetting the third guy, but. Kutalaba. Um, Kutalaba. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, winning on a three win streak is great and all, but like you start really thinking about, okay, Anthony Smith's fight. That was a pretty, mm, not a great decision. Okay. Um, then you start looking at Iron Kutalaba. It's just, he's just not it chief. And then Paul Craig doesn't even fight in light heavyweight anymore. So, yes, you put a three-win streak together. Yes, it looks like you've changed some things in your game. But have you really? And is your chin that reliable? Well, you got knocked out by Corey Anderson, bro. I'm sorry, but your chin might not be that reliable. Um, Now, two, we saw that Johnny Walker was getting the advantage of the fight at the beginning against him through the stand-up it was the leg kicks it was the leg kicks it was the leg kicks we saw the same thing happen in the Jan Blachowicz fight brother if Uncle Iev has any hope in his world oh that he's going to be able to like stand and bang with Alex Pereira he's he better be yeah he better be conditioning those legs to make sure he can take those leg kicks from him because you thought that Jan and uh johnny walker were tough you have this right. is a different monster my friend so and I, and yeah to go to yeah. go add on to that israel adesanya said it himself he doesn't telegraph him so you, you don't even right. see him coming so you can't even you can barely check him like so you if, can't if you're yeah if you're taking these kicks from jan bohovich who i feel like is for sure showing you he's kicking you like and also johnny walker like how how are you going to be able to take these kicks from alex and also where he places them at He's right. so he's so good at where he places them. He's going to chop your legs up, and then right. his, and his hands are so powerful. Like, what are you going to do? He said he's not going to take him down. By the way, I don't know if you saw that on, online. He's like alive. He's he's willing to like shake hands on the deal and say he wouldn't shoot. He, he wouldn't shoot on him. Uh, Jan Blahovich said he wasn't going to shoot on him either, and he immediately started trying to go to take him down because once you get in there and see how big he is, how fast he is, you're like, I can't strike with this guy. I need to go for no. your legs, you know, or I need to grapple you. So he's lying. He's lying. He's, right? He's going to yeah, it's silly. And if Pajeda was smart, he would sign on the dotted line and then train just wrestling to make sure that he could withstand it uh, because, you know, Uncle Ive is not going to be an honest guy there. I, here's the thing. Oh. I uh, There's a lot more fights at light heavyweight that excite me for the title fight. I know we picked Johnny Walker last week, and I'm bummed to see him not win. I definitely thought it was going to be a bit more of the Johnny Walker show. I thought he was going to come out there with a bit more explosiveness, a bit more excitement. And he wasn't, you know, the driver's seat for the first round and a half there um, until Uncle Ive decided I'm just going to start moving forward. But I just, to be honest, like the winner of the year, Prohaska-Alexander-Rakic fight is much more exciting for the next contender. 
Jamal Hill obviously is next in line as Prejera has hinted towards. Um, I just, I'm glad. Yeah, sure. Get your title shot. But like, yes, you knocked out Johnny Walker. It's not to discredit that you didn't knock out one of the top guys, but also like, you're still not impressing me. And that really is weird to say for, for a guy who has had a relatively good record. It is, but, but it's, but it's true though. Right. Like, so in regards to Johnny Walker, right. So yes, he had a three win, three fight win streak, but let's look at the Mm -hmm. people that have beaten him. He's lost to Uncle If you go back Mm -hmm. a little bit, he lost to Jamal Hill champion. Mm -hmm. He lost to Tiago Santos, uh, a a, a, a echelon contender when it's prime. Uh, Mm -hmm. He lost to uh, Krylov also, Top what top six guy, top five mm-hmm. guy right now. Uh, Corey Anderson is not around anymore. He lost to him too. But you look at the people who who beat him. It's all the top contenders. So Johnny Walker showing us, yes, I'm a top fifteen fighter, maybe top ten fighter. But when it comes to the upper echelon, I can't I can't beat those guys. And he still have mm-hmm. he can have fun fights, but it just doesn't seem like he's ever going to get over that hump. Um, right. So like this this win for Ankalaev doesn't show. It's not a great win because you beat a guy who's kind of a middle of the pack guy anyway. I, I need to see you beat Rockets. I need to see you beat one of those guys at the very top. Um, you know what I'm saying? To to prove something. And the last time you fought somebody in the upper echelon, which was Jan Blachowicz a couple of years ago, it went to a draw. Mm-hmm. Right. You chopped your, chopped your legs to a bit. So it's like. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. I, I guess we can give you the next title shot, but you're going to get exposed, buddy. And then once right. you get exposed, it's over. You're not getting the second title shot. And then no, no, shoot no, you no. Down. And it's over. So. Oh yeah, you can be next. That's fine, but you're going to get beat up bad. Um, yeah, I, I think there's more merit to booking Khalil Roundtree versus Ankalaev and get him, get him Ankalaev one more shot to really make a statement for himself. And if if he can't, then yeah, maybe fight. Ankalaev just sits out. But yeah, I mean, I I just I don't know. I don't see much excitement around Ankalaev there for the most no. part. And I agree with and, what and you're I, saying. And I, you know what? And I, I feel like in twenty twenty four, we have to put a little bit more respect on uh, Alex Pajeda's takedown defense. He's working with um, mm-hmm. Glover Teixeira. I think Glover they're drilling that man nonstop on takedown yeah. defense, and and he's a huge guy. I think that yeah. this this notion that you know it's going to follow him because he doesn't have a lot of wrestling, he doesn't have wrestling background. That oh, strong guys that can take him down are going to take him down, keep him down. Haven't seen it yet, um, right. and I think that. You know, there's a lot of guys who don't have wrestling background that do great at takedown defense or getting back up off the off the mat. So, I think that these guys that are wrestling heavy, I, I think they're still going to have a lot of trouble with him because he's long and rangy, and he is going to mm-hmm. chop their legs up. Like I can, I would be willing to bet money, like to a sports bookie or something, saying that he's going to land leg kicks because they're impossible yeah. to stop. I don't know how you're going to stop them. And once he's chopping those legs, you go ahead and try to shoot off those legs. I just don't know how it's going to work for you. But also, he's dangerous when you come in. Look what happened to uh, Prohaska. Like, he is dangerous at all times. Yeah. Like, I, he's a tough matchup, man. I know he doesn't have a, a lot of MMA experience. You know, he's more of a kickboxer by nature. But the guy has proven that he's a he's a great, like, from what he's done in his short career, man. He, he's been mm-hmm. very impressive. So, I don't, I don't want to – I think him and Jamal Hill is the, the next fight to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll just be a, a lot more fun. But guys like Uncle Live who are like, oh, I'm just going to shoot and take his legs. And, I don't know, buddy. It's going to be a long night. I don't think that's going to mm-hmm. work out the way you're expecting it to. Yeah. I loved what Bo Nickel said on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple weeks ago. He said, you have to be the, – the game has changed now. Yes, you have to be the most well-rounded 
fighter and to be the top guy in the UFC. But also you have to have something that makes you elite and better than everyone else by a mile. And then everything else needs to also be improving with that. And yep. I think we're seeing that evolution. And yes, Pereira got really lucky with the timing. He didn't fight the wrestlers. He didn't in the wrestlers he did fight did not try to take him down as much. Like I think that that is not only a gift, but also I think that oops, you guys missed your window. That's not like he's yep. getting any worse. It's not like yep. he's not training. It's not like he's not getting better. It's not like he's not still doing everything that necessary to become a better fighter. Y'all missed your chance. So I just don't, I, like I said, I, I want to see this fight unfold when it does, but I'm not interested in it right now. I'm just not. I think there are more exciting fights to, to happen on light heavyweight than on Clive. And I know some of the media analysts and stuff, if they were to hear that, they'd be like, oh, Ian, what are you saying? But I just, to be honest, I just can't. I can't handle another another guy who's diving for legs uh, to win a fight to a five round decision. Nope. I just can't. It's and yes, call me a casual all you want. I love I love wrestlers. In fact, I think I even texted you like what a week or, two or so ago. I miss Kamaru Usman as champion because right. the man did it both. Uh, he did it. He did. He wrestled in a way that was much more entertaining than just hold your legs, work position. That's it. It was a guy who really wanted to roll, who really wanted to wrestle, who really wanted to dominate you and impose his will. That's completely different than some of the other guys. Respect, respect is due. It takes talent to do that. Wrestling still is the best base for MMA, in my opinion, but it doesn't mean that you can't be entertaining with it. So I, I think there are still lineations there, and I think that Uncle Iov, unfortunately, gets into the boring category of it. And to be honest with you, it's not like he wrestles and it's in like – we he is much more of a striker than he is a wrestler like let's just for say sure. that for what it is it's just it's just it's just what it is like he's on his feet more he 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 wanted to make a statement when he beat johnny by not going for a takedown so like cool like but also i have never really seen uncle live as the guy who's just going to take somebody down and wrestle him for all five rounds either so if that's the case then he's gonna have a long night with alex too so oh, i yeah. don't know i I am, like I said, not really interested. But overall, uh, pretty underwhelming card. I think you know something to add before we wrap up today's show is Manel Cop not making the, not even not making the weight, but not even making oh the card gosh. after his weight miss. Like I think he's missed, right? He's missed weight before, correct? Uh, yeah, this I is say first time. It's been, it's been several, if I'm not mistaken, that he's. That he's missed, unfortunately. Like it's an ongoing thing, man. He's had a lot of issues and Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kinda ruined the card. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean that was a fight I, I was looking forward to. Yeah. Cool, because not only were we looking forward to it because of the fact that one, he's a good fighter, but two, this guy who hasn't fought a lot in, in flyweight, he's gotten he's got missed out on a lot of opportunity because of a lot of fight cancellations. But then two uh, he had a chance to kind of like leapfrog that Amir Albazi and, uh, well, I guess no longer Brandon Moreno. It's Brandon Rival and Brandon Moreno, which I guess we could talk about in a second. But I, he, he has now lost that opportunity, and I think he's on the verge of potentially getting cut. I mean, I don't see why the UFC needs to keep him around. I think if anything, Manal should just be like, okay, I'm going to 135 fighter in the PFL. I will get more money. 
I am good enough to compete at the top level there. Let me go make my bag there because I don't think that the UFC is going to want to keep him around in their organization if he keeps us away at flyweight. Do you think there's yeah. forgiveness there for him, or do you think he's you know going to be dropped? You know, I'm reading about it. It, it looks like he, he said that he had. Um, yeah, it looks like he said he had. Oh, you sick, right? He was yeah. sick. And he um, he said he had stayed out of training for five days and filled himself with antibiotics and stuff. And his coaches and they thought he should cancel the fight due to the state, but he decided to move on and not cancel it. And his opponent didn't accept the fight or accept my, his purse to keep the fight on. So the fighter he's fighting decided to not want to take part of his purse, just wanted to cancel the fight because of three and a half pounds, which I can't blame a fighter for being like, I don't want you getting an advantage. Even if you were sick, yep. you're getting a couple. Like, I don't want, I understand not wanting to take the fight. Like, you wasn't professional, you didn't get to wait. I probably would have took the money, though, to be honest. Um, but I could understand yeah. if the fighter's like, if they're small weight, he's like, that extra weight on you would definitely maybe cause an issue. Um, I was trying to find, uh, since signing in the promotion in 2020, he's had 14 scheduled fight in Octagon, but only competed in six of them. So Jeez. eight times he's pulled out of fights for different reasons. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough sell, man. I don't know how you keep a guy like that around. Uh, that's bad for business, um, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, he's not a quiet guy, right? He was running his mouth to Kai no. Car fans and stuff on that stage uh, sometime last year at that card. Um, mm-hmm. threw, a, threw a crazy slur out there. They would not be repeated. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like, so, you know, you're barking a lot, buddy, but then you, you can't even make it to the fight. Like, I think that's a problem. Right. We're in the fight biz. There's a lot of money built into these cards. And, you know, for a fight night like this, his fight was a big fight. And uh, right. he dropped the ball, man. Um, I know people get sick, but maybe, and this sounds harsh to say, but, Maybe do a better job in keeping yourself away from people from getting sick when you got a fight coming up. Do, right. do your best to stay away from the stuff that you sick. Yeah, stay stay out of the mix. Maybe stay like isolated with just your, your coaches and stuff and make sure everybody's healthy because there's a lot of money on the line for you and your coaches. So well, exactly. uh, it's important to, to be uh, smart and disciplined uh, because eight pullouts, pull out of eight, out of eight fights since 2020 mm-hmm. is insane. It's insane. Yeah, that's way too many. Whether it's been his fault or others. I know he wanted to be active. I know he wanted to fight. But, uh, you know, the UFC is a professional organization. You can go take it to the second tier uh, fighting leagues if you want to show up like that. Like, I'm sorry. But, like, I have very little forgiveness for fighters who don't want to show up and hit the scales um, and meet the criteria. Um, You know, obviously there are exceptions. Obviously there are crazy weight day that happens. I mean, I know Charles was once a victim of you know, that issue when he was fighting at featherweight and then obviously rectified a lot of things at lightweight. And he, then he had the whole scale issue when, with his fight with Justin Gaethje and they're obviously, I still think it's BS like that. Yeah, no, it's that, that's BS. wild. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm defending him in that, but also like there are times where there is no forgiveness. I mean, what, what can you think about Aspen lad when she was dragging herself out there and then just got absolutely cold cocked by uh during during to me. And then, um, but I mean, like in certain, how many weight bullies are there? And Kamzat, we talked about him in the podcast. Like there's just so many situations where we have guys who are gals who are, you know, taking advantage of the, taking advantage of the weight cutting situation. I'm not implying that that's what Manel was doing, but at the same time, like you have to be disciplined enough to get yourself to the scale. Like I understand sometimes you can't prevent illnesses, but like you spend a lot of money fighting. 
you spend a lot of money training. You spend a lot of money doing all this stuff. Why not take the extra step of making sure that everything's careful, cautious, and collected before you hit those scales? But I just, I don't know. I, I also don't respect the fact that fighters know that you can't cut weight on antibiotics and, and successfully. Like, it's just so hard. I mean, there's been so yeah. many people that have said that, especially when they don't report staph infections. Like, that's a huge thing because they don't want to be an antibiotic so they can actually cut the weight to get the scale to go fight is super unsafe in and of itself because staph infection can kill people but that's besides the point i think that the ufc has got to do a better job as if if they hear that a fighter is sick or can't even remotely approach the scale they're gonna be like hey you're done you're not fighting i'm sorry we'll either find a replacement fight or you're going to sacrifice part of your purse um or some sort of fine you're going to pay and that's going to be paid out directly to the fighter who showed up professionally to fight um, but I think there has to be more consequences for, for stuff like this because your health and safety is obviously important, but also so is the other fighters' health and safety um, because they are doing their job and you aren't. I'm sorry. And I know that sounds super harsh and probably a little unforgiving, but that's just kind of how I feel about the situation, man. I, I don't really, I don't know. I just I can't really give a lot of wiggle room for people who don't want to make weight or keep themselves healthy. Um, it sucks. And I'm, I know cop can probably clean my like he can punch my head off but hey I, this is my podcast i can say what i want <laughs> it's a it's at the end of the day it's a business man and, yeah um, yeah it, it's your job you know if, if someone's not performing well at their job well typically they put you in some kind of plan and mm-hmm. then they typically let you go it, i guess i should say if they're nice they put you in some kind of imp- improvement plan before they let you go but in the fight business i think dana white is a little bit more cutthroat than that and you're not a big enough name to want to give a longer leash Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for you, buddy, it's like they may cut you or they may give you one more shot. But if you miss weight again, I can guarantee you they're going to cut you. You're not going to make it another one after that. If you do it one more time, it's they're going to for sure let you go. So I know this is unfortunate yep. you were sick, but you maybe should just cancel the fight then uh, because yep. your coaches were obviously trying to protect you because uh, they knew you were not going to make the, the cut the weight. So you just hurt, you hurt yourself more by staying in the fight, man. P- people call out of fights all the time when they're sick or something, and mm-hmm. you decided not to do that, and that's probably going to be to your detriment, unfortunately. But fun fighter, but you got to be smarter, man. You got to be smarter in these situations. Yep, 100%. So uh, we'll see, I guess, what ultimately comes out from an outcop. Um, also, I guess... You know, last last little thing I think I think we'll touch on for today's pod before we wrap up. Um, a little uh, fight update, I guess, that I mentioned earlier was that Brandon Moreno and uh, Amir Albazi fight getting changed to Brandon Royval and Brandon Moreno. Yeah. To be honest with you, just initial thoughts behind it. I don't like Royval taking this um, uh, such a quick turnaround from his five rounder with uh, uh, Moreno. I think that that's uh, not Moreno, uh, Pantoja. I do yeah. think it just sets up another fight between uh, between Brandon Moreno and Pantoja again. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, it kind of stalls out the division there a little bit. Um, obviously, with cops issues and Amir Al-Bazi. What's that? What are you saying? Unless, unless, Brandon, Roy, unless Brandon, Brandon Roy Bell gets it done. He, he said he wanted to fight Moreno. Uh, I mean, when he when he was interviewed before the the main before that fight card with Pantoja, he said that if he wins his belt, he wants to fight Brandon Moreno because he wants to get that one back. Hear that. I, I didn't uh, hear that. So you can't tell me, buddy's not highly motivated. So he's not he doesn't care about taking the short notice because he's like, I want this guy, and he knows 
him and Moreno going bang. Pantoja wasn't trying to bang, man. He was trying to wrestle. Yep. You know him and he knows him and Moreno going to throw them hands. It's going to be fireworks. Yep. And um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I'm not picking anyone. Kind of like both of them. I'm not going to pick anyone right now. But uh, that's going to be that's a that's a winnable fight, I think, for him. And if he mm-hmm. wins that fight, he's right back in the mix. And I can guarantee you. If he fights Pantoja again, he comes out a little bit more prepared for his takedowns, man. He just looked horrible. Yeah. Like, that was yeah, bad. something was off. Yeah. And Pantoja looked like he was getting gassed. If he could have just stopped him some of his takedowns, I think he could have capitalized more and made that fight a little bit more interesting. Um, but I like the fight. I like the rebooking. I like that it's somebody that um, would be fun to see. Um, it's a good matchup. I'm glad it was that. What happened to Albazi, though? Do you know what happened to him? I think he got injured. I think that's what happened. I I, I don't know Andrew's the exact. Man. Yeah, let me, let me make sure before I just spout that off. But I do think he was injured. Um, and that is why. Let me see here. I want to make sure. Um, yes, a, a nasty soul, shoulder. Uh, oh, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. Um, that was between Moreno and Raval. Uh, he has serious neck injury. Yeah, that Oof. sucks. But well, hey, like you can't fight with that kind of stuff. So, like we said, uh, fight smart, and that is a good way to pull out. Like you don't want to have to, you know, fight oh, with yeah. uh, an injured neck. That's a quick way to die in the octagon. And I'm yeah. not really joking about that. No, for so, sure. Um, last thing to mention about the fight night card: uh, mm-hmm. should we should we should we start paying attention to Marcus McGee more? The band maybe. Man, maybe I like this guy. I'm liking this guy. Yeah. I like him. Strong hand. Obviously, it's early. He's still fighting people lower, which I think that's perfect. Um, but you know, got a. Did he get another finish? Yeah, he got a KO, TKO. I mean, I don't know, man. I like guys like that. I like. I want to see uh, where that leads. But I, I saw that. And I'm like, hmm. He's nine and one. Um, I don't know. Maybe something we have to watch out for this year to see if he starts getting some <clears throat> more notable people we know. As he goes up the yeah, ladder. Isn't uh, he a little bit, I'm pretty sure, isn't he a little on the older side too? I want to say he? he is. I don't know why I think that is. Maybe he's just got a an older face. face. He's 33. Okay. So, he's, he's a couple years left. Yeah, but I mean, nothing nothing too shabby. I mean, he's only been in the UFC for what, three, two fights now? Three fights now? Yeah. yeah. Three, three so, <clears throat> hey, if he, can, if he can start stringing wings together, I mean, there's no question that. I'm sure Dana Wade will want to push somebody who can, you know, at least be exciting too. I mean, he's had a couple of, uh, couple of knockouts, um, yeah, and a submission in the UFC. So hey, I'm all about it. Keep it up. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's definitely got hands. He does. Also, I'm gonna say these last two things, and I'll stop talking. About yeah, nah, bro. Uh, you pack, time, uh, pack up. Time to pack up, Andre Olowski. Time to pack it up, bud. And Phil Hall's yeah. same thing. Bud. Phil Hall's oh, peace out, oh, Dude. Yeah. It's not the pack you guys. Is, so I, I don't like you, but come on, man. This, this he's not the becoming pack, the highlight reel. Like, for the wrong the, reasons. Everybody's high. Yeah, for the wrong reasons. Everybody else is highlight reel. So I feel bad, but at the same time, like, you know, some people some people just want to fight. Some people Protect yourself, wanna... Phil. Protect yourself, buddy. Right. Don't stay out there and don't do that to yourself, man. Right, um, exactly. Um, I appreciate him trying to resurrect the old Kendall Kevin Randleman with the dyed hair, but yeah. some things just just leave the past where they are, buddy. It's time to ride off into the sunset. So awesome. Well, hey, 
If you have enjoyed this show today, uh, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And uh, please let us know what you think about, uh, about some of the UFC news that has just rolled out. Obviously, we're excited about it. Want to hear from you all as well. Uh, drop us a follow on Instagram. Comment on our post. Let us know what you think, what you feel, how you feel. Um, and yeah, follow us on uh, fighting underscore words underscore pod. And as always, we'll catch you next week.